Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Catherine. We're the co-founders of Yo Massage, and you're listening to the Yo Massage Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about all the things that make you feel good. The things that increase hormones to make us feel connected, happy, and loved, while decreasing hormones that contribute to stress and anxiety. The things that will ultimately improve our quality of life by making us happier and healthier mentally, physically, and emotionally. We can't wait for you to feel the difference this podcast makes in your life. Today, we are going to be talking about the research behind touch and autism. And just a reminder that our podcast is meant to be equal parts educational, entertaining, and inspirational, and it's not intended to be a substitution for professional mental health care. Okay, so I actually don't know a whole lot about this topic, or I didn't before we did our research, and so it was fascinating to me, and I just felt like I could sit there for days and read and read and read on this. I actually met somebody recently who does this work. Like, they do massage with um, kids. Well, they train and teach occupational therapists and parents how to uh, deliver massage to their autistic children. And we were talking about it, and he was basically saying that even though kids with autism have trouble with touch, we need to figure out a way to be able to get past that and still deliver touch because touch is the way that we as humans feel social connection and bonding. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't, if we just say, well, they have an aversion, we won't we won't touch them, then they're missing out on that completely. And the research that he had done showed that not only does it help with bonding and connection between parents, but also it really did help with behaviors ultimately. And so it was kind of like a, a behavior therapy as well if it's done in the right way. And so, so anyways, that's kind of what led us to think about doing this topic for the podcast was this conversation I had had with this person. It's really interesting because we know there's not a ton of research around touch and the way that you get research created is helping with, you know, things that people are passionate about, like autism. Like we, we know that touch helps with a lot of different things, but how can you get someone to pay for research? It's like, it seems like there's like autism is something that people are paying for research on touch for. Yes. And so it's really interesting to see all of the details that they're going into on like the types of touch and like the different things that they're discovering behind it that wouldn't have come if they were just, like it was just touch just in no, general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really cool to to read all these different studies and it's cool that it's helping enough that people are wanting to pay for more research right. around it. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. So there are two types of touch. This was in a lot of the articles I read. There's effective touch and discriminative touch. So effective touch conveys social and emotional information and discriminative touch tells us when something like is hurting our skin what the force is where that force is coming from and so it's more like 
I guess, just like basic, whereas effective touch is like really kind of nuanced and conveys social and emotional information. And so what's interesting is it's the effective touch that really we care about more so, right? Because that's what's helping with our social connection and, uh, and bonding. And this is where a lot of people with autism um, have trouble. So they don't, a lot of times, don't like gentle touches mm-hmm. that really, like, actually might physically hurt them or cause them stress yeah. or anxiety. So, yeah, just a little bit of background on that. If you're not familiar, a lot of times, a lot of issues around autism are sensory type of issues. Mm-hmm. And so what I was reading is that people with autism can feel things that uh, that isn't something that other people can relate to. Like right. they might feel wind and it hurts them. Uh-huh. Or they might feel rain on their skin and it feels like pain to them. And so they just are experiencing things differently. And like since autism is such a spectrum, like it's not, you know, there's not like everyone experiences Mm -hmm. rain this way who has autism or everyone experiences soft touch this way. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very personal to the individual. And so that's what makes it hard. Yeah. But well, this is the part that I was just like, wow, it's incredible. Apparently what they're finding or what they're looking at, this is like a new line of research. And so there's, you know, there's no definitive answers here yet, but based on research that's been done to date, new, a new line of research is happening where they are looking at as babies, you know, infants and and little toddlers, their reaction to touch. And that is part of the diagnostic criteria. Mm. And then if they can, the earlier they can identify if a child has an aversion to specific types of touch, they're then using that to start intervention like immediately around touch because often what happens is then as a baby, the parents aren't touching. Mm-hmm. They're not doing the bonding stuff that they're doing. And that's where they think some of the social issues with autism come into play. It's developmental. Mm-hmm. So that period of time when you're learning all these things, it's so important to learn between the difference between myself and you, right? Mm-hmm. And to know like your own body regulation and emo- emotion regulation, to, to expect a child to do that without the ability to receive soothing and nurturing touch and to feel bonded and connected with their parent is like impossible. And so they're saying that the aversion to touch is actually potentially what's like creating these issues down the line, which is just so mind blowing to me. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so again, I just want to, you know, reiterate that like nothing about like what we're saying is necessarily proven yet, but it's a really fascinating line of inquiry. Yeah. And just because like everyone's case of autism is so individual and different, it's hard to say like, this one thing causes like these issues or or whatnot right right but yeah I th- I thought that was really interesting there's something called QTS massage did you see that mm, no I didn't and so it's it she hypothesized that if the autism develops because of the loss of touch or like if some of the symptoms of autism like 
get worse because of, you know, the loss of touch. Mm-hmm. They stop touching. Right. Then restoring the touch with QST massage could reduce some of the symptoms of autism and 15 studies on young children so it's not that many but 15 after five months of the treatment the sensory problems improved by 38 percent touch improved by 49 percent autistic behavior decreased by 32 percent social skills increased and children were more affectionate Mm -hmm. a whole a whole list of things and so that was after five months and then after two years there was 100% recovery of sense of touch. Average decrease of autism severity was 44%. And 50% of high-functioning children moved off the spectrum. Whoa. It's only it's a small was study. Was it 15 people in the study or there were 15 separate oh, studies on it? It says in 15 studies in young children. So this is, I found so this on the sensory. it's probably like a meta-analysis yeah. um, that looked at 50 included 15 studies i mean that's not a bad number that's mm-hmm. actually pretty well um, i'll link it it's the sen- the sensory center dot nl okay um but yeah i guess it's uh qigong sensory treatment but it involves touch interesting um and well, a lot of it is teaching the parent it's like it's not necessarily like you're exactly. sending your kid to a massage therapist it's yeah. The parent is learning how yep. to incorporate. And you're learning, you know, what resonates with your kid, too. And you're learning how to notice cues whenever they need something, whenever they need touch or mm-hmm. whenever they don't want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And so some of the common things among people who have autism in terms of touch are that light touch in general seems to be more unpleasant than deep touch unexpected touch even if it's from a loved one can be really unpleasant touch from people that you don't know very well even if it's meant to be reassuring although I mean I think probably all of us have a similar reaction to that whether Mm -hmm. we have are on the spectrum or not and then what does touch aversion look like from somebody who's like no this doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good a common thing that we hear about a lot is like tags on clothing mm-hmm. are really like bothersome. They like, you know, are really, they're requesting that their tags are cut off their clothing. Um, maybe they don't like having their hair combed or their teeth brushed. Those, those are uncomfortable sensations. Maybe pulling yeah. away from a hug or a kiss or even like foods with different textures. Some textures, mm-hmm. the way they like hit the nerves that, um, sense touch are you know bothersome I have a couple of quotes so from um, some adults with autism it says even the slightest touch can consume Kirsten's attention when someone shakes her hand or a cat snuggles up against her for example it becomes hard for her to think about anything else she says I'm taken out of the moment for however long the sensation lasts some everyday sensations such as Getting her hands wet can feel like torture. I usually compare it to the visceral repulsive feeling you get when plunging your hand into a pile of rotting garbage. So it's just like some normal everyday sensations or like, I don't know, like touches, activities. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, wind or air even like it can be like feel really painful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and some of the things that have been said to 
work with with some folks are um, sitting close together near your child patting back or shoulders but like with a firm touch side hugs (laughs) Um, firm side hugs or maybe even just like high fives and then another one is um, applying lotion with a firm hand but you know like when I was talking with this person who does this work day to day he had some actual like methods of Hmm. really like having a quick pace in it or like slowing it down but it's yeah. firmer or I don't there were like four or five different methods of touch and it's kind of like where the child is at emotionally and what mm-hmm. feels best for them in that moment um and you kind of just have to like intuitively yeah f- figure it out because often the verbal communication skills aren't amazing you know like it's it's hard to verbally communicate if something feels good or mm-hmm. or doesn't sometimes and so it's really like paying attention tuning in with the child and seeing um you know what their response is but there are you know different approaches and these various approaches are researched in the literature so for example this approach that this person used is becoming an evidence-based approach. They have multiple studies showing, you know, like you mentioned, the impact of it. So there are specific, like, sequences and and techniques Mm -hmm. that are used. Indulge in a transformative experience that nourishes your mind, body, and soul. Each yoga massage session begins with a five-minute deep breathing ritual or a unique themed meditation that helps ground you in the present moment. You'll let your worries float away as you're guided through a series of restorative stretches while a yoga massage therapist provides therapeutic massage and guided meditation. Throughout the session, you'll move into a place of tranquility and relaxation. Visit yomassage.com to learn more about how to find a class or how to become a yoga massage practitioner. I didn't see anything that talked about the specific ones. There definitely are research studies like that show, like I'll read this one. There's a study that where massage therapists taught parents, 20 parents with children with autism from ages three to six, and their parents were randomly assigned to one of two groups, parents some of the parents were assigned to massage the children for 15 minutes before bed, but it doesn't say like what type of massage or anything. And then the other one read books to their children for 15 minutes. And after just one month, the assessment suggested that the children in the massage group exhibited more on task and social relatedness behavior during play observations at school and fewer sleep problems at home. And that's something else that came up a lot was like a lot of anxiety issues with autism, a lot of sleep issues with autism and the massage itself can help. We know that it can help reduce anxiety and, and help with sleep and Mm -hmm. then also improve like your social connectedness. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. This is, this topic I think really just, reignited in me I don't know I guess like the passion for (laughs) I mean I always have the passion for 
for touch and like mm-hmm. making touch more accessible. But it's like, even for folks that maybe it doesn't feel good, maybe they're like, no, I'm not one of those people who needs touch. And it's like, okay, well, maybe it doesn't feel good for you. And maybe we need to find a way, way, another way, because it, whether it feels good or not, the fact is that there's something about us as humans that, that need the needs social it. connection. And so we need to figure out how to create ways in which everybody can feel safe when receiving touch mm-hmm. and and receive those benefits because it is, it's critical. And what are other ways that people, because I think the main reason that this is helping with kids with autism is because it is increasing the social connected hormone mm-hmm. and helping with that. But what are there any other ways to, what are the other ways that we can activate the social connected hormone that we know of? We I should mean, look into that, but we've done some research on that where it's like, if you're doing things for people like mm-hmm. volunteering, if you're being altruistic and, mm-hmm. That's not necessarily something a child can do. No. Or, yeah, so, I mean, for yeah. kids. And that's the thing. I don't know if you read this. I read this over and over again when I was looking at the research behind this. But And we know this. We've talked about it. But touch is our first language. Mm-hmm. So that's the first way that we're able to receive information as a baby. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so if <laughs> can you imagine then if as a baby – you're giving off cues that you don't want to be touched. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's upsetting for the baby to be touched. So now they're not being touched. So now what information are they receiving? Yeah. You know, and. Well, and we just know that like basic things like the growth rate of yes. kids who are touched versus not. Failure to thrive happens yeah. when you're not touched. Um as a baby or when you're growing. Yeah. It's, you know, I just love these researchers who are putting their efforts into figuring out how to intervene as infants Mm -hmm. because developmentally, I mean, zero to three is like major developmental and zero to five, the both of those two age ranges, but like the earlier you can, intervene and identify what's happening the less problematic things are going to be I mean we all know that right like everybody's messed up from kids and stuff as kids like we learn certain patterns we learn things about ourselves and especially with touch and social like bonding we're really learning like the difference between myself and you like Mm -hmm. that's what touch tells us right we develop a sense of self through touch and I think a sense of like who cares about us and Mm -hmm. are we cared for are we bonded are we connected or are we not Mm -hmm. and that carries through into adulthood so you know I mean yeah I'm just this is so interesting I would love to hear if we have any listeners I'm sure we do who have Mm -hmm. family members children themselves maybe they themselves you know dealing with you know, autism or even on the spectrum, anywhere on the autistic spectrum, like how, how does this information that we've been talking about resonate? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think about it? Well, even for adults with autism, like wanting to seek out ways to receive touch, like it's important for massage therapists. If you do want to help 
the autistic community, especially adults with autism, like to learn about, to, to go into this research. And a lot of the massage, like I know ABMP has like a whole article about it, AMTA, Massage Mag, but try to find trainings if you do want to help this population. And if, yeah, if you are an adult with autism and you are looking for, or if you find this interesting and it's something that you didn't know could help, maybe try to seek out massage therapists that specialize in this. So this is interesting. I just Googled this person that I met the other day. Is this what you were talking about? QST? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what, that's the research. Yeah. Um, so we are going to link this. It's qsti.org, but there's a link on there for research and there's published studies if you want to check that out. And they have they have links to all of their peer-reviewed studies that they've done. And there are a lot that show the impact that this, um, this specific treatment. So they have 21 studies on massage protocols with Um, children with autism and Down syndrome, randomized controlled studies that all have shown improvement of sensory, behavioral, and developmental issues in children with autism. So that's pretty, pretty amazing. So check Mm -hmm. that out, qsti.org, published studies. Yeah, and I mean, just in general of finding ways that are more accessible for people to receive touch, I think if you are on the spectrum maybe your options are a little bit more limited because you need to work with people who can understand like some things that might trigger you or Mm -hmm. um, not not feel good. Well, you know, it's very similar. I mean, as I was reading through all this, it's very, very similar to just trauma-informed body work, Mm -hmm. right? In terms of communication, in terms of understanding Mm -hmm. triggers and what feels good, what doesn't, going slow, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of mm-hmm. similarities between trauma-informed body work and, and this type of work. So, yeah, I mean, find training in it. And this actually, for massage therapists, this organization, Autism Treatment for Children, the QSTI organization, they train, they'll train massage therapists in this method. And so for our massage therapists that are listening, um, this is potentially something you could get trained in mm-hmm. to be able to offer if that's uh, a population that you're interested in working with. In addition to the signature Yomassage class, Yomassage offers other specialized experiences, such as energetic Yomassage. In an energetic Yomassage class, your practitioner will combine a traditional Yomassage session with our signature energy work ritual and a healing and transformative mind-body-soul experience. As you find rest and relaxation and restorative stretches, and get lost in mind-opening meditations, your practitioner will provide an enlightening, energetic experience. You'll leave this session feeling a true sense of transformation and tranquility. For more information, visit yomassage.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen. To learn more about today's topic, check out yomassage.com backslash podcast. And if you're interested in discovering more about Yomassage or taking a Yomassage or Mindful Touch class, visit us at yomassage.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next week.